From Los Angeles, California, this is Burncast and I'm the bomb. Happy Tutu Tuesday and welcome to Burncast. In today's episode, we speak with Dr. Groovy, a real medical doctor about health and safety at Burning Man. But before we begin, I want to make a couple of announcements. First up, this is the last Burncast episode of the season leading into Burning Man 2007. But even though we're on hiatus with podcasts, our blog will be updating daily as we go right into Burning Man, so be sure to read all about it. The URL is http colon slash slash blog.myspace.com slash burncast. Second up, Burncast will be in Black Rock City this year, and we've got a recording schedule available. Burncast will be located at Camp Sunscreen, so be sure to check with Playa Info for our address. To see the schedule, go to the Burncast blog, which, as I've said, but it bears repeating, is http colon slash slash blog.myspace.com slash burncast. Finally, since returning from the playa last year in 2006, Burncast has been cranking out over 43 episodes on a weekly basis for free every freaking 2-2 Tuesday. Now, even though Burncast is free to download, it ain't free to produce. Our goal for The Green Man this year is to bring Burncast to the playa again and to record another year of Burncast, but we need your help. We need volunteers to help with our production and a whole lot more. Check out the support tab at our website, burncast.net, and learn about the dozen or so ways in which you can help us out. Okay, that's it. Let's move on with today's episode. Dr. Groovy is a medical doctor as well as a faculty physician and a medical director at a major university in California. She is also a DJ at the internet radio station Kill Radio. Dr. Groovy's show, Frequency and Phrenology, can be heard every Saturday from 4.30 p.m. to 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. For more information about her show, just click on our show notes at burncast.net. I was a guest on Dr. Groovy's show when we discussed the topic of health and safety at Burning Man this past July. Shortly after we recorded this episode, Dr. Groovy spent a month in Africa working in a clinic. Unfortunately, Dr. Groovy will be unable to attend Burning Man this year, so if you're in the same boat, listen to her show on Saturday and keep each other company. Okay, let's roll sound. Hello, hello, Kill Radio. Hey, y'all. Frequency and phrenology here at 4.30 p.m. on Saturday afternoon. It is Dr. Groovy and the bomb, the young miss. Let's see if we can get you in here. You want to do some talking, see where you are? Check, 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 check. Okay. Bomb in the house. Hello. Hello. We have some amazing guests. As you know, this is Frequency and Phrenology. And as you know, phrenology is the study of how the uh, bumps in your head reflect what's going on inside of your brain. Is that really real? Really real. Just like Rosie. (laughs) Remember that? (laughs) Yeah. 
So, uh, so what we have is a double header. Ha! Like brain, get it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here we go on the brain. Okay, so it's a double header because we are going to talk about how to abuse your brain and to keep it somewhat safe when you're a Burning Man. Woohoo! Right, Bomb? Right, right, right. And then later on this very show, we are going to have Robert Rollinson, who is the creator of brainwashed fashions. Look at all that brain there. Yeah, actually, I looked down his website. I liked one of his shirts, the T-shirt that said with the television set on it. Yeah, yeah see, with the brainwashed. Did you see the chicken with the uh, UFO yeah, hat on? Yeah, yeah, that was cute. You know, he's got good stuff. Yeah. So he's going to be in here later on, and uh, and you can win today. You can win a Dr. Groovy sticker by calling in. I got mine. Or yeah, if you're a guest on my show, you get one automatically. And so you better want to be a guest on my show. Anyway, or you can win a brainwashed T-shirt. Okay, so get ready. Get your fingers a-flying. Okay, so the number... Do you know what the number is? Actually, no, I don't know Lovely the number. Mom. The number here is 213-252-0998. 213-252-0998. Nice job. Very good, very good. And, uh, and I don't think we're going to be able to use the instant messenger because I think it's not working. But I'll see what I can do about that. So uh, why don't we let them listen to some Underworld for a moment? How does that sound to you, Bum? Yeah, sounds good, sounds good. All right, we'll listen to some Underworld for a moment, and then we'll come back, and we will talk at ya. Kill Radio, Frequency and Phrenology, Dr. Groovy saying hi to you. It is Dr. Groovy here, Frequency and Phrenology, Saturday afternoons, and I have the lovely The Bomb here with me, and she is the amazing host of this super cool situation called Burncast, www.burncast.net. Yeah, it's about the art, culture, and community of Burning Man. Hi, Katrina. Hello. Thanks for coming. Thanks for having me. This is fun. So tell them what we're doing. Tell them how we're doing this. We're actually doing a simulcast podcast broadcast. Damn, girl. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So what's being recorded live here will, um, for your show will also be included in my show for Burncast later on in a couple weeks. So it's a double header and a double show. Yes, and two burners. And your hair matches the microphone uh, Nerf ball, <laughs> which also matches the sticker I gave you. It's all purple. Oh yeah, I've isn't got, that cool? I've got the purple pink hair going on right now. The, yeah. It looks great. Thank you. It's Thank awesome. You. Yeah. Cool. All right. So where do you want? Where do you want to go? All right. So I told my guests that we'd be talking about health and safety on the playa. Are you ready for that? Yeah. Sure. Let's qualify with who you are first and why I asked you. What? Who are you? Why? I, why the hell would I ask you? I don't know, man. I, I have no idea. But I am Dr. Groovy. And what kind of doctor are you? I am a doctor of family medicine and work at a, an academic institution of higher learning <laughs> that I will not name at this moment. 
And um, so I am a, a faculty physician at a residency program. I teach at a medical school. I'm the medical director of a physician's assistant program. And I've been practicing uh, medicine in family medicine for the past four years. Okay. And how long have you been? <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's enough. How long have you been going to Burning Man? And I've been going to Burning Man on and off since 1999, okay. which is four times in the past eight years. Oh, really? Yeah. You have a half-life of four years. I have a half-life. Okay. Exactly. What is that about? Why? Because there are times when I have to work, and I can't get out of work. And school starts. And school starts early. School starts now, you know, August 7th. Early August, yeah. So does that mean you're not going to make it to Burning Man this year? Probably not. I even have tickets, and I'm probably not going to make it. Oh, see? So there might be some tickets available coming up on Burning House real soon. Perhaps. (laughs) Perhaps. We'll see what's going on. Okay, what was your first year at Burning Man? My first year at Burning Man was 99. Okay. I think I'm getting that right. I'm pretty sure it was 99. It was either that or 2001. Fly a video? Yes. Yes. Was it 99? I don't know. I wasn't there. I wasn't like... I mean, I was there, but I didn't know you yet. Oh, my memory fails me. Yeah, it was either... It was one of those two years. Okay. And uh, maybe it's 2000. What kind of changes have you seen in the years you've been coming? What kind of what? Changes. Changes. Oh, well, the first year I was there, it was like a desert and people camping and some big stuff. What do you mean big stuff? Like the Emerald City was there that year, Playa Video with the big screen that we used to put up every night. And it was like big stuff where we, I, I felt like we were all involved with the performances and what was happening. And I feel like... Well, you were, because Playa Video was doing right. a weekly, a nightly show, weren't they? Oh, daily and nightly. We had like two to three shows a day, so it was a lot of work. Yeah. But that was my experience. My first experience was a lot of work, but team effort, good productions, really fun, because we really, you know, contributed to it. And, and I felt like all over the place there were people doing that sort of thing, where they were contributing to making a production happen. You know, and and it was a lot more like toned down, and I didn't feel as nervous walking around. Throughout the years, I feel like it's become a little more spectator. People walking around looking for something to watch, not as much participation participation into the production. Mm-hmm. And I'm a little more nervous. In what way? Because the guys sometimes are a little, you know, too much for me to handle. In the sense that, you know, it's almost like walking by with a lot of hoots and hollers and, you know, the backwards baseball caps that we usually call them. You mean the frat boys. The frat boys, exactly. You know, my last guest, I don't know if you heard, Raina uh, from Hypnotica, she said the same thing. She said it's like the kind of guy she comes across at a club. Right, right. And so, which makes sense. I mean, I I don't want to knock anyone going to Burning Man and having a good time. I'm not going to knock it. Frat boys want to go. That's awesome. And I also don't want to knock frat boys or backwards baseball caps people. I mean, they're free to be who they are. The only problem is when they kind of infringe on my experience. And years ago, I felt a lot more safe to kind of take off my shirt and be more free and be more expressive. And I don't feel comfortable to do that, especially on the weekends yeah, nowadays. Yeah, yeah. So it's kind of unfortunate, but, you know, it's okay. It's also a reason why I'm not as bent on going. Because I know that that's going to happen. I'm going to have to deal with a lot of crap. Eh, I could go, you know, into the desert for, you know, a night rave at with Moon, Moon Tribe, Tribe or something yeah. and feel more safe. So, Okay. Well, I've asked you to talk about health and safety at Burning Man. 
Mm-hmm. And I want to start with uh, some general things and work our way through to some like big ones. Okay. Um, Burning Man has on their website, they have this thing called the Ten Commandments. Mm-hmm. And uh, number one on their Ten Commandments is no trash receptacles provided. And as, uh, as we all know, it means pack it in, pack it out. Right. But for a big city of 35,000 people, do you think that's really sanitary or safe? Well, I think, you know, what, what BMORG is doing is they are deciding what is most important, what is highest priority for their infrastructure. And I think what they've decided thus far is that a grid on the Esplanade is very important because they definitely have that. The streets are very important, so they cut out the streets and then they water them down. And having certain entities available like the medical tents and bathrooms or, you know, the porta-potties, that's what they have felt is enough. Now, when you take things out, it costs money. And so BMORG has to decide if they want to devote this much money towards trash. And truthfully, you know, it is a pack it in, pack it out kind of situation. And so why should BMORG, you know, pay for that? The other thing is... Probably if we had that service. I mean, tickets now are what, $200, $300? Right. Well, by the time you get to By the time you get yeah. there, 300 And so conceivably, if we had trash services, it might be like 400 500 bucks. I mean, I have no idea how expensive that is. It may be pretty expensive. So, And God knows, they're already packing out trash. I mean, people leave moop all the time. And so they're already doing it. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. I think they're just not taking it to the max. So I wouldn't. I would say it's just a matter of priority. Yes, of course, it would be more sanitary to get that stuff out of there. But really, the main thing to get out of there is the uh, excrement. Mm-hmm. So the you know the, the the thing that breaks my heart is really seeing and and I've done this too. I am not immune from this. But you know when people are changing the ecosystem of the, the playa. playa by especially peeing. I mean, people pee all over the playa. Probably not pooping, but... Oh, no, I've seen that. Oh, you have? I have seen that. You've seen it? Yeah. And in fact, there was such a huge-ass log in front of... (laughs) In front of one of the porta potties, oh, it was actually if right you, in front of a porta potty. If you were brave enough to go around <laughs> into that particular porta potty, it was the cleanest one. Oh no 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 no! Because someone did that right in the beginning of the day or something. Great. So anyway, and and the thing that I think about, because of course I'm thinking about like you know evolution and mutation and all this kind of stuff, and you know the little little microscopic critters that are living in the playa because nothing really survives in the playa but there's something there you know just imagine how the mutations are happening with all of the the uric acid and whatnot that's being poured all over them Uh, it's actually urea but anyway um (laughs) nitrates and uh you know what they're turning into and then when we come back there in like 50 years there's going to be these like weird three-headed bacteria virus kind of parasites there well that's because evolution takes too long yeah well yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, people don't have to worry about it now (laughs) (laughs) all right let's talk about a few like uh real health issues like people who have asthma can you talk about people with asthma coming to the plight yeah good question um yeah people with asthma need to be really careful up there i mean they need to know their triggers so asthma of course as as we know is a situation of um constriction of the lung passages uh, usually in reaction to something that is a trigger and the trigger can be something environmental it can be something within the body but it basically shuts down the um, lung passages to some extent maybe a little bit maybe a lot so the air can't pass as well and so you feel really short of breath start coughing things like that and uh, so if dust 
is one of your triggers, which isn't always the case for asthmatics, but the playa dust particularly is very fine. So if that's one of your triggers, you've got to be ready with your albuterol medication and whatever other kinds of medication you need. And sometimes that is anti-inflammatories that you would inhale, like Flovent, that is a preventive, so you need to not stop taking it when you go up there. You need to stay on your regular medications and then have your albuterol, which is your emergency inhaler for emergencies when you're really tight. Okay. So you just need to be prepared. And we should just point out that if you're having an emergency situation, there is medical help available at center camp and at 3 o'clock and 9 o'clock plazas. Yes, and great medical care. I've been there. I've taken people there. I've talked to them. And... Welcome to Los Angeles. That's right, baby. Welcome to the open window on Beverly and Vermont. Hey, folks. Wow, man. And we're talking about emergency situations, too, right? Woo! All right, so yes, the medical care is amazing. I had a friend who sliced open his arm with a a safety knife, you know, an exacto knife kind of thing. So it was a real clean slice, but very deep. And he was gone for probably a half an hour to the medical tent and back with it cleaned out and sutured up. Oh, no kidding. Wow. No kidding. It was amazing. Now, let me ask you, would, uh, would you recommend or not recommend that he go run behind a water truck after something like that? Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so should we explain the phenomenon of yeah, running yeah, behind should, a water yeah. truck? <laughs> Which is something, honestly, I did once. <laughs> And never did again. Why once? Well, you know, these water trucks are going up and down the streets of Burning Man to maintain the streets as kind of different from... And to keep the dust down. ...property, and to keep the dust down, especially on the street areas. And uh, what you can do, I mean, they're throwing out a lot of water, and you can run behind it and get kind of a little shower. And so there's all these naked people running around getting showers behind the water truck and then getting playa platforms because the bottom of their feet or their boots or whatever they're wearing get all muddy with this nasty playa crap that just gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. So it's really, and it's really tough to get rid of it. So, um, and the water coming out of those trucks, I would imagine is what's called non-potable. It is non-potable. Which means bacteria. do not get anywhere near it, right? But people are running around, washing themselves in it, da, da, da. And then if you have an open cut, forget it. I mean, you need to use sterile saline, if possible, to rinse that thing out. And, ooh, just imagine what kind of infection you could get by putting that water in there. Nasty. Nasty. Yeah, no, stay away from that if you've got an open cut. Okay, mm-hmm. what about diabetics on the fly? Diabetics. Depends on um, what kind of diabetic we have. Generally speaking, because there's two kinds of diabetes. Diabetes type 1, diabetes type 2. And diabetes type 1 is a little more what they call brittle. It's a little, you've got to be more careful with how you're taking your medication. And um, so you are under a, a great deal of stress when you're on the playa. It's very the playa hot. Is very harsh. Very harsh conditions. You're, it's very hot. You're sweating a lot. You're losing a lot of your water. You may not be eating the same way you eat normally. And a type 1 diabetic has very distinct insulin necessities based on how much they eat, how many calories are going in. And they don't often realize that in just different conditions, their insulin requirement could very much change. Usually it would drop. It would be a lot lower 
than what they usually need. And if you get it wrong, you could you could go into ketoacidosis, and it could be a very dangerous situation. A type two diabetic is not that brittle. That's a little more just your your general kind of be careful, drink a lot of water, stay healthy, eat your normal food, get some sleep, make sure you have your medications. Because a diabetic um, type two diabetic is more likely likely to go into something called hyperosmolar coma, meaning that they have eaten above what their medication is um, getting out of their system in terms of there's a lot of glucose left behind. So when they get dehydrated, they have a really high level of glucose, making really making the blood even kind of more sludgy. And so they can go into coma from that. And it's called hyperosmolar coma. So they probably more than other people have to really be careful with hydration. But generally speaking, anyone needs to be careful. I mean, piss clear, right? Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. you know, that's, that's true for everybody. Piss clear is the name of the alternative newspaper for Burning Man. But what, what, what did you mean by a piss but clear? But it also means that you should be drinking so much water that your pee is coming out looking clear. Very good. Which I always try to achieve and never do. Okay. <laughs> Actually, it's not hard for me. Um, <laughs> let, me let me ask you this one, though. Um, uh-huh. In relation to diabetes and what we were just talking about, infections and stuff like that. Uh-huh. Um, should diabetics be concerned about the possibility of ply being harsh and, and getting an infection? Oh, diabetics? Yeah, mm-hmm. of course, definitely. And I suppose you're talking about diabetes type 2, possibly with people who yeah. have neuropathy and can't feel yeah, yeah, the yeah, bottom yeah. of their feet as much. Yeah. Um, diabetics who, um, type 2 diabetics who have had a long time of diabetes. It damages the ends of their nerves at the periphery of the body. So it'll damage the nerves at the toes and the foot first and then the fingers and things like that. And what can happen then is since you have such a decrease of sensation, something can cut you or can burn you and you just don't even know it. And so not only step through rebar, step through rebar, you know, step on hot coals, whatever it is. And so you can have a serious uh, wound that you don't even know about. And then you're just walking through playa, you're walking through poop, you know, whatever. (laughs) And it can cause a serious infection so bad that it can actually eat all the way through the bone and cause a situation called osteomyelitis. And that's a very dangerous situation, which you either have to be in the hospital with IV antibiotics or we have to cut it off. You have to amputate. Or the the limb. You have to amputate the area. So like if it got into the the joint of the end of your toe, we might take off your toe. And if it got any further back, we might have to take off your whole foot. Yeah. So it's it's a, you know, type 2 diabetes, when you've lost that sensation, is a very dangerous situation. You've got to be very careful with your shoes and walking barefoot and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, if you've got that situation up at Burning Man, just wear shoes. Wear white socks so you can always see blood coming through it. Mm-hmm. And always check your feet. Check the bottom of your feet so you know what's going on there. And that's probably true for a lot of people because they get so calloused up there. And then, of course, there's the alkalinity of the playa. So you may want to bring something like vinegar to be able to wash off your feet so you can kind of balance out the alkalinity of the playa because it really, it can destroy your skin. Well, yeah, there's such a thing as playa foot. Can you comment on playa foot and how to prevent that? Now, Playa Foot, you'll have to tell me a little bit about exactly what that is because, let's see. Oh, that's that's what I was just talking about. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's the same thing I was just talking about in the sense that um, Playa Foot is when you actually have an alkali burn from the Playa Dust itself because it's so alkaline 
that it destroys the skin tissue. And so you can have cracks in the foot, you can have bleeding, and what you really need to do is have something acidic to counteract the alkalinity of the playa. So that's why I say, you know, you can bring some vinegar with you, lemon juice, some, some people have used. Do you have any other things that you tend to use? I think some people have sprays they use with like rose water and stuff like that. But it's really got to have some acidity to it. Yeah, I've, yeah. I've had a lot of vinegar foot baths. Yeah, vinegar. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's usually the best way to go. So if uh, preparing for Burning Man, what should people put in their playa first aid kit? Well, okay, one good thing to do is... Um, if, and I, if I've told so many people this, um, is if you do have any medical conditions, go ahead and get one of those medical alert bracelets. So if you've got allergies that may be a problem, if you've got some kind of condition like epilepsy or diabetes, go ahead and put it on a medical alert bracelet so if anything happens to you, someone will be able to see what's going on. And sometimes those bracelets, if you flip them, they'll even have medications. You can put medications that you're on. So, um, But that's a really good idea to do if you've got some kind of long-term condition that could be a problem. Otherwise, we have a little list here about the Playa First Aid Kit. Um, mentioning things like ace wraps, aloe vera gel, please bring sunscreen. If you need to bring sunscreen, bring sunscreen because you can really get away very well with good sunscreen. And if you don't have sunscreen, it's bad. <laughs> it is seriously bad. And aloe vera gel ain't going to do jack shit if you're <laughs> that sunburnt. Oh, you're going to have to edit that out? Oh, no, no. It's okay. a podcast. It's there totally you go. Okay. okay. They're talking about antibiotic ointment. That's fine. Eye wash solution. No, I don't think you really need those. Gauze pads, gauze bandages. I mean, I would say, and they have personal prescriptions. That's a good idea. Make sure you have your personal prescriptions. If you are on birth control pills, make sure you have the full supply of them to run you through the whole week. If you have other kinds of medications that you need every day, make sure you have enough of them. And um, really all of the other things I think would be better getting from the medical tent. Because if you have a wound... Unless you have something who knows how to take care of that wound, please go to the medical tent and let them do it. You just don't, you don't want to get it messed up, you know? And there's people who think they know what they're doing, and they don't. And we, both you and I, have seen some ramifications of people who don't know what they're doing with their wounds. Oh, tell us a story. <laughs> tell us a story. Well, I mean, it's just unfortunately infection. <laughs> you know, and what can happen is, you know, you don't think it's getting that bad, and overnight you can have an open sore that turns into your whole leg. And you just, you, you can't mess around with it. So you just got to get it cleaned out immediately. Don't, if you get any kind of open wound at the playa, just go to the medical tent, let them clean it out. It's going to be better than thinking you're going to be okay and then tomorrow it turns into your whole leg. Okay. Thank good. you very much. Okay. Um, <laughs> we'll return after this short break um, with Dr. Groovy. Um, uh, talking about health and safety on the playa. Yeah. That was Dr. Groovy talking about health and safety on the playa. We'll return to our episode after this short break. How can people find out more about you, Dr. G? Uh, they can go to uh, myspace.com slash Dr. Groovy, D-O-C-T-O-R-G-R-O-O-V-Y. You have to spell it all out. That's what I mean. So they can go there and learn more about me and read a little bit about what I say and maybe get some downloads. I'm gonna ha I also have drgroovy.net, but it's really behind the times. I'm going to have to update that. And then I'm going to have YouTube slash Dr. Groovyster coming out probably in August. Ooh, tell yes. us about that. That's going to be nice. a fun little set of shows brought to you by Dr. Groovy and Chai Guy. <laughs> Yay. Yeah. 
It's taking a little longer than I thought to put it together. <laughs> that's okay. That's okay. We got it going on. We got it going on. Cool. So, so we're going to continue with our conversation about health and safety third on the playa. Safety third. There, before we move on to a couple other things, I, I have some listeners who wanted to know about pregnancy on the playa. What's your thoughts on being pregnant at Burning Mountain? Well, pregnancy is a situation where you have to take super good care of yourself. And, you know, like they say, you're eating for two. You're also basically drinking for two. And as we were discussing before, the playa is incredibly demanding and takes a lot out of a body. So if you're pregnant up there, you have to be just, you know, twice as careful to be taking care of yourself, to not let yourself get dehydrated, to make sure you have frequent meals, you have enough of your caloric intake to be able to take care of all of your body functions. And the baby needs a lot of calories too. So you may need to eat even more than what you'd be eating in your normal environment. So you've got to be super careful with that. And then pregnancy has its own risks, you know. Being pregnant is a risk itself. Mm -hmm. And so you've got to be careful about anything that could happen while you're pregnant and how you are going to, like, what your escape plan is. Like, if you need to get out of there, what are you going to do? So those are the things I would Mm -hmm. suggest. Okay. Now, can uh, I say something? No, I, I heard something. Oh, uh, should we say who you are? Who the hell are you? If you want to. Who the hell are you? Matter. What are you doing here? I have no idea. I'm a fly on the wall. Sweet. The talk. Flies talk. Anyway, um, I heard something. If, if you guys are worried about getting pregnant while, you, while you're at Burning Man. Right. I heard, okay, if you okay. have sex, you could always douche with Coca-Cola or Pepsi. <laughs> It kills everything. Okay? Dr. So no worries after that. All right, let's talk about bacterial vaginosis. <laughs> okay? Yeah, Douching with anything. I knew they were fucking lying. Can lead to something called bacterial vaginosis, which is not a fun situation for any woman to deal with. And let's talk a little bit about where what is going. Okay? When you douche, it goes into the vagina, not into the uterus. That's what I understand. Okay? When you have sex and the sperm goes to the egg, it goes up into the uterus to get yep. to the fallopian tubes to get the egg coming down from the ovary. Don't put Coca-Cola or Pepsi up that far. Thank you very much. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Nice try. <laughs> okay. Now, we started off, I, they were saying, um, I was talking about the Ten Commandments of Burning Man. They've got, they got this thing called Ten Principles and Ten Commandments. Wait, they're separate? Yeah. I've never read the Be More crap. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Well, it... Um, I've got my own commandments. Thank you. <laughs> One of the other ten commandments is number nine. Burning Man does not promote or condo- condone the use of illegal drugs. Right. Right? Yeah. Right. And there are a lot of cops swimming around there, so be careful. A ton of them. You guys watch out. Yep. If you get thrown in the jail out there uh, in the desert, it's the not playa, fun. The playa jail. The playa. With the animals. Um, Do you think people really need to take drugs on the playa? Oh, come on. Of course not. Of course you don't need to take drugs. The whole place is like a drug in itself. I mean, if you want to, like, trip out on life... No, I'm just joking. But if you want to really just, like... I mean, Burning Man itself is a visual and auditory hallucination. You know what I mean? It's something that you would never expect to see in a desert... You don't know what you're going to come across, what you're going to hear, what you're going to see, what you're going to feel, what you're going to smell, you know? It's like you might open a drawer and smell some poop. 
So you don't even know. And Basically. you do not have to be on anything. And honestly, sometimes it's better not to be on anything to experience that because some of it could really freak you out if you're on something. So if you're going to be on something, you better be ready for what it's going to do to your brain when you come across some of the experiences that you come across on the playa. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Obviously, the medical tent houses a fair amount of people having a bad trip, too. I think that's sanctuary. Sanctuary does it, too, but medical tent season two. A lot of times you have to be hydrated to try to get you out of whatever you're into. Yeah. So uh, if you're on mushrooms or peyote, Uh is there a chance at all that you will get lost and actually trip out and end up away from everybody out in the middle of nowhere? Well, that's what actually that's why they started the Rangers. They, the Rangers would go out and catch the moonwalkers and bring them back in. This was many, many, really? many years ago. Moonwalkers. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's that what they were called. Pretty sweet. They're like on that. a vision quest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you can get. Not only that, you can you can get lost very easily because now Burning Man is a city that's huge. I mean, what thirty thousand people were there last actually, year? Thirty thousand plus. Thirty thousand plus. So it's huge. And there's unfortunately a lot of rebar and a lot of strings and stuff that isn't well marked that you can like trip over and get hurt by. And I think that happens. You know, Randy last year, our friend Randy, Mm. what was it last year? It might not have been last year, but one year he was walking around and he just dropped his glasses and he couldn't find his glasses. Yeah. And he, he, you know, he couldn't really see like where he was going to get out of there. And that's a trip in itself right there. Exactly. If you wear glasses, just take them off. Don't do any drugs. Just do that. But make sure you hold on. Your glasses. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Just make sure you can see where you're going somehow. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay, so the official party line is not to do drugs, and Burning Man doesn't condone right. the use of drugs. But we all know that people do drugs at Burning Man. Correct. And in fact, a lot of my guests brag and boast about the drug use they've done in Burning Man. I've had oh my a guest goodness. show up to an interview and get loaded. To an interview? To an interview. Some and then people com- can do that. And then complain, and then complain that they sounded loaded on the show. <laughs> And it was your fault, right? Right. <laughs> you made them sound loaded. Um, uh, okay. Anyway, whatever. Um, yeah, get with the program. Understand yourself. Yeah. <laughs> let's talk about let's talk about drug use on the problem, if you will. If okay. you're going to do drugs, uh-huh. is there a smart way to go about it? If that makes any sense. Organic. Sure. Yeah. I mean, exactly. Know where it's coming from. That would be the first thing. And try to know your source because that'll really help out to know whether you're taking something that is more or less dangerous, let's say. Okay? And then make sure you have a safe place. Make sure you are doing whatever you're doing to the extent that you can handle. And if you're going to be walking around, maybe you're with people. Or if you're going to be, you know, really going crazy, maybe stay in a safe environment where you're not going to be walking into rebar and strings and tents and people with sharp things on their costumes and stuff. And, and you know, the whole trip, bad trip, good trip thing. I mean, if you have had a problem with, say, LSD before, you know, get ready for another problem if you do LSD up there. Don't think it's going to go away and get any better. You know, another thing that you can remember about um, a lot of drugs, even drinking, Remember, if you're in a bad state of mind before you start it, taking the drugs can enhance any state of mind you're in. It's not like you take drugs and you're in a bad state of mind and you get into a good state of mind. It can enhance the bad state of mind. So you've got to be super careful with how you are before you even start it so you can kind of know where you're going to go. So those are some of the things I would suggest. Okay, now here's a question from one of my listeners. Uh Uh-huh. Is... Being dosed 
Is it a gift or is it a crime? Oh, you mean being dosed like somebody gives it to you and you didn't know? Mm-hmm. Hmm. I would lean on crime. Yeah, I think it's an invasion and completely inappropriate. No, you've got to ask. You cannot do that without permission. And I, I, have, I have been victim of unmarked muffins. Oh, me too. At your birthday, birthday party. It happened to me too. Up in San Francisco. It was horrible. <laughs> horrible. Because I ate a lot of muffins. <laughs> I thought they were, it was like chocolate muffins they or were something. Delicious. They were so good, and I had no idea. They had like what, pot in them or something? I don't know what it was. It was Hash? really strong. It was really strong. I had to go back to my car and sit there. <laughs> I couldn't drive. It was bad. So, yeah, I was, I mean, I know people want to have fun and stuff, but, you know, be safe, be careful, and, you know, respect your, your friends and who's around you. And that's just not respectful, I'd say. One special note. Can we talk about the use of ecstasy on the playa and in terms of dehydration for a quick minute? Yes. Well, you know, it's interesting because um, ecstasy or uh, MDMA, which is, uh, oh, gee, methyl diethyl methamphetamine, um, because it is a methamphetamine, it speeds up your metabolism, okay? So it makes you... It stimulates your body to be able to have a lot more energy than you would otherwise have. Of course, there's also the euphoric effects making you feel all happy. But it's the methamphetamine aspect that makes you go and dance for 12 hours and, you know, really get dehydrated and things like that. So you get whole body dehydration mainly from the fact that you are so much more active than you would otherwise be. But there is no validity to the fact that you have spinal cord dehydration in particular. Okay. Weren't they talking about that around 2000 or something? Yeah, like yeah. yeah. It, it was some kind of urban myth for a while that um, you had spinal cord dehydration because people would wake up the next day and have headaches and have back pain and all that kind of stuff. But that's really generally because they were dehydrated just globally and because they worked out so much. So they had muscle aches and pains from muscle strain, basically. So that's, So it's just a whole body dehydration. So again... You just have to be drinking a lot more water. Not, you know, we're not talking, I mean, Gatorade, maybe half strength Gatorade is actually better than full strength because Gatorade has a lot of sugar in it. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're not talking Coca-Cola. We're not talking coffee. We're not talking tea because caffeinated beverages will dehydrate you as well because they're diuretics. They make you pee more. So you've got to be drinking straight water, half strength Gatorade, Pedialyte, you know, those kinds of things for the electrolytes. And if anybody wants to call and talk to us, keep in mind that uh, you are listening to Kill Radio Frequency and Phrenology. And uh, you can give us a call at 213-252-0998. Talk to DeBalm about all her colorful Burning Man activities in Burncast. Okay. Now, I think the number one substance that is abused at Burning Man isn't actually all these terrible drugs, illegal drugs. Mm -hmm. I think it's alcohol. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, Any safe... It's a safe way to consume your beverage of choice. Yeah, that's another one that, you know, be safe in terms of where you are. You know what? I, I A new phenomenon that I hadn't noticed until the last time I was there are these guys that will roll around with their coolers and they'll have these little, you know, bikes or little teeny tricycles or something, but they've got their cooler kind of bungee corded next to it or on top or behind it rather and uh, full of beer and ice, you know, and it's like, you know, it's a gift. Yeah, it's a gift. It's also for them to drink as much as they can. And, you know, it's the same old thing. It's, if, 
you know, if you're going to drink alcohol, you've got to stay hydrated because, again, it's a di- it's a diuretic. It'll dehydrate you. And um, what are you going to be doing on it? Okay, you know, it's a disinhibitor. And if you're going to be out with other people, are you going to have sex? Well, then you better have a condom on you. And are you gonna Ooh. are you gonna take anything else? Well, you better think about it. Because if you do other kinds of drugs while you're on alcohol, you could have a stronger negative reaction than you would have had otherwise. So just, you know, try to be clear about your decisions. I would say, you know, just if you're going to be drinking a lot of alcohol, try to stay in one central area. Let your friends know where you are. Things like that. But I agree. I think, you know, the amount of alcohol I see up there is like, you know, pretty bad. I mean, and you see people just... Wasted, can't walk, lying on the, you know, face down on the Sick. playa. Yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah, vomiting on the playa. Yeah, it's, or in the porta potties. Ugh. Yeah. God, when they miss. Yeah. Ugh. Bad news. So that brings me to my wrap up with this discussion of being sober on the playa. Uh-huh. Now it could be a choice, and it's it shouldn't be a t- too hard of a choice. But if you have a problem with addiction, I do want to put a plug in for people who need program like alcohol and it's anonymous. Um, there is more information yeah. on the Burning Man website about being sober on the playa. Um, Definitely. Yeah. And it's easy to do. And the great thing is, is there's lots of stuff you can do. If you're an early to bed, early to rise kind of person, there is yoga, there's early morning breakfast There's stuff, runs. People run at runs, dawn. Runs, all kinds of things you can do early in the morning. And you can have a full, crazy experience of a day any day you're there at Burning Man without any other substance other than water and food you don't need anything else you really don't it's that much it's that crazy it's that much fun it's that much to experience so and you know you don't let peer pressure get to you you know it's not worth it <laughs> just do what you want to do and have a good time I, I, I really think being sober is kind of better because you experience more of it you know you remember it better and you, I find I learn more of my lessons and I'm more responsible for yeah. things as they go down instead exactly. of warning, what the fuck just happened? Right, right, exactly. You can make some stupid mistakes when you're inhibited, uninhibited, rather. Okay, well, thank you very much for having me on my show. I love this little studio. It's really fun. <laughs> well, thanks for coming. I'm glad you were here. Thank you. So, this has been your Burncast section of Frequency and Phrenology with Dr. Groovy and the bomb of Burncast. Thanks so much for being here. Let's listen to a little bit of Sia, and then we're going to listen to Vesuvia Sonic, and we're going to come back at you with... That was Dr. Groovy of Frequency and Phrenology. As we close out today's episode, here's a track from Ziggy Marley entitled Into the Groove.
about the art, culture, and community of Burning Man. For more information, visit us on the web at burncast.net. To contact us, please call the Burncast hotline at 775-363-5861 or click on the MyChingo audio recorder at our website, burncast.net. A very special thanks to Lecter of nospectators.com for hosting these podcasts. <laughs>